Hey, welcome back into the Rise Podcast with Brandon Garland. So thankful to have you joining me. I know that your time is valuable, so for you to sacrifice your day to listen to what God is speaking through this ministry means a whole lot to me. If this ministry, if this podcast is blessing you in any way, shape, or form, would just encourage you, would you rate and review and subscribe and share? I know it's for things, but it makes a difference. You rating it helps us get seen on podcast directories. You subscribing means you're going to not miss fresh content. And when you share it on social media, that's how people that I don't even know, they don't know me, but that's how they discover what God's doing. So if you do those things, if God's using this ministry in any way, it would mean the world to me. I want to speak today just for the few minutes we have together on this idea, seeing God in everything, seeing God in everything. I think it's easy for us to see God in some things. It's easy to have a quiet time in the morning and see God when reading the Bible. Now, admittedly, it's not always easy to have that quiet time, but if I'm reading James and reading about what Jesus did and how it changed our lives, it's not hard for me to see God. When I have an Instagramable picture of my coffee and my Bible, which has perfect coloring on the outside because I'm a creative girl that can color in my Bible and nothing against it, but it's easy to see God in that, but a whole lot easier to see God when I wake up on Tuesday and I have to go be with my annoying coworker or my crazy classmate. And all of a sudden, the God that I saw clearly in Colossians doesn't seem as clearing in the classroom. And so how do I see God in everything. Well, I want to give you a couple tips, a couple principles, a couple practical things that have handles on them that can really, you can take a hold of them and you can implement them in your life. If you're listening to this at 8 a.m., then you can implement them at 8.30. That's the kind of episode I want this to be. So let me give you three simple, easy things to help you to see God in everything. Here's number one. Spend time with people who see God in everything. I'm reading this incredible book right now called Atomic Habits by a man named James Clear. And one of the principles he's covering in the subject that I'm in right now is this, that if you want to form a habit, spend time with people who already have made that habit a rhythm in their lives. If you want to learn how to get stronger and healthier in the weight room, don't just get a membership to the Y, get a membership to the Y and find a couple people that work out because being a part of a group that already has that habit, positive social pressure will want you and push you to be in that weight room on Tuesday night when you're tired and don't want to be there, but because they're there, you're going to get there. So if you want to form a positive habit, spend time with people who already have that habit. In the same way, if you want to make a habit of seeing God in all parts of your life, don't try to do it alone. Don't find uh, don't find those people either that are always negative. They can always find out what's wrong. They're easy to say, oh my gosh, this is all the things that are going wrong in my life. No, I'm not saying cut them off. I'm not saying don't love them. I'm not saying don't listen to them. All I'm saying is if you're spending all your time with people who see God in nothing, how can you expect to see God in everything? The people around you determine the direction you're headed to. So here's the deal. Proverbs 12, 26 says it like this. The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. 
So I want to be careful who I'm spending time with because the way they see God and the way they see life is going to affect the way I see God and the way I see life. So if I'm trying to find a faith perspective that even beneath negative situations can find God doing something powerful and profound in my life, I want to spend time with people who already see God in everything. And here's the benefit for me. When I'm spending time around people that see God in everything, they show me different ways in my life that God's working that I don't even see. Because sometimes you're so close up to your life that you can't see it from an accurate perspective. Try to stare at your phone from an inch away. You can't read anything because you're too close. And sometimes you're too close to your life to see what God is doing. So when you're spending time with people who see God in everything, they'll begin to show you different ways that God's moving in your life that you never saw before. So I'm going to spend my time with people who see God and everything. But secondly, this is so important. You got to learn how to write your own headlines. Write your own headlines. This is a principle I learned years ago. And here's a uh, shout out to taking notes and remembering sermons that you listened to years ago, because they might come around literally seasons later and be relevant. This is a principle I learned from Pastor Stephen Furtick. And it's the idea of writing your own headlines. Here's the thing. In our lives, if our life is an article in the newspaper, there are a lot of details in the story of our lives, in the story of the season you're in right now, there's a lot of details that you didn't get to choose. You didn't write about the diagnosis that went a different way than you wanted it to. You didn't write the detail of you studied a lot, you tried your best, but you didn't do well on the test. You wouldn't have chosen to write that part of the story where you finally got up the guts to ask out that person, but they said no. You wouldn't have written that in detail where you wanted that job and it looked awesome, but you didn't get it. You wouldn't have chosen the details, but here's what you do have. You have the power to determine the headline that you write. So the story may be, I didn't get the job, but the headline can be, well, I must be a failure I didn't get the job. I'm not good for anything. I'm Eeyore and I'm depressed. Or the headline can be, man, that was a great job that I just didn't get. And if God is taking me from glory to glory, then maybe, just maybe, there's a better job. This one wasn't good enough. God has something better on the other side. Or how about this? You know, I asked him out and he said no. I'm not attractive. I'm not worth anything. I feel bad. Or God is good. He has a plan for my life. He's a great guy and I have nothing against him, but clearly God has someone better for me. So you don't get to control every detail of the story, but too many of us let our circumstances not only write the story, but write the headline. And I'm tired of living my life talking about how God is good, God is faithful, God is awesome, and then living my life like God doesn't exist. Because here's the thing, you don't need God to let your circumstances determine your outlook. That's what people who don't believe in God can do. When life's good, I'm happy. When life's bad, I'm sad. What you need is a faith perspective that sees God in everything. And even when the details of the story didn't go the way that you wanted them to, you get to write the headline. So I wouldn't have chosen the story detail. I have a couple 
of speaking engagements that I was really excited about that got canceled within the last week. And I'm frustrated about it. So I can choose to write the headline, I must not be as good of a speaker as I thought. I'm not that good of a leader. I should quit and go work at Jiffy Lube and change oil. Or, nothing against people who work at Jiffy Lube changing oil, but the headline could be, man, these were two great opportunities. And if God said no to these, my God, there must be something better waiting in the wings that I couldn't even see it, but God's going to bring it to pass because God never says no to something without a greater yes. And everything he takes away, I'm talking to Job, he brings back double for the trouble that you went through for the no. So I'm not going to let the negative situation write my headlines any longer. I'll give you another example and I'll move on to point number three. But my girlfriend who lives in Canada, she we found out some news recently that it's not going to be as easy for her to move here as we thought. Her getting a work visa isn't going to be very easy. It's in fact really complicated. It might be impossible. If you're a work visa expert who can pull some strings, please send me an email, brandon.garland at foresthill.org. I'd love to talk to you. But if not, it's really complicated and it might take a while for her to move here. That is a detail of the story that I would not have personally chosen to write. So I can have the headline, oh, well. God must not want me to be with her, even though she loves God, she's gorgeous, she has a vision for her life that matches mine, and we like each other a lot. This isn't working, it's too hard. Or the headline can be, you know what, this isn't ideal, but God is doing so many powerful things through her in Canada, through leading girls and women in her church, that it's blowing my mind how much he's doing there. So maybe her having to stay there isn't about this relationship at all. It's about her seeing kingdom momentum through her life, and it's worth sacrificing me being with her in person to see God moving through her there. Why are Paul and Silas in jail in the book of Acts? Are they in jail because it wasn't fair. I got arrested, but it wasn't my fault. They accused me of something, but all I was doing was preaching the gospel. Or were they sent to prison to break the chains of the prisoners? And I'm not talking about their physical chains because when Paul and Silas praised God in that jail cell, all the chains broke because your praise is powerful. But the point of the chains breaking wasn't them people getting free. It was the jailer getting set free from his sin because when the jailer returned to Paul and Silas being freed from their chains and all the prisoners were somehow still there, this man turned his life over to Jesus His whole family got baptized and the headline that could have been Paul and Silas got unfairly arrested and they were depressed and fell asleep because they hated life turned into a man and his family got saved because Paul and Silas saw purpose in prison. They didn't write the story. They didn't write the details. They didn't choose to get put in prison, but they chose to write their headline. And you can see God in everything when you write a headline that leaves room for his grace. Yeah, the diagnosis was bad. Yeah, you wanted them to say yes. Yeah, the job could have been coming your way. But are you going to write a headline that writes out the grace of God? Or are you going to write a headline that keeps in mind the fact that your God is the master of turning things around? He made Gideon take his army from 10,000 to a couple hundred versus tens of thousands of enemies. Why? 
so God can make Gideon look like a foolish leader? No. God loves to set the odds against you so that when the victory comes, only he can get the glory. I'm declaring over the life of someone on the other side of this podcast who's gotten bad news in the past couple weeks. God is setting you up for a miracle. Write your headline with the grace of God in sight because the turnaround is coming. Hallelujah. Right your headlines so that you can see God bringing the turnaround. And here's number three. I'll make this one the briefest one. Change your definition of what God does. This is very related to our second point, but it's different than this. Most of us see God as primarily existing to make our lives easier, more comfortable, more secure, more easy, okay? That's not God's primary goal. God's point is not to make life easy. It's to make you effective. When God created you, he thought of a purpose and assigned a person. So you're not just on this earth to coast on by, fill up your bank account and make your life nice. No, no, no. God put a specific purpose and he assigned and tasked and partnered you to that purpose. And now he said, I have you here for a reason, but you're not quite ready to fulfill your purpose. So what about this? Redefine your definition of what God does when you want to see him in everything. Because if you think God is in your life to make it easier, then when life starts getting hard, you think God's gone. Where'd he go? I can't find him. I can't see him. Oh my God. But when you realize God's not in your life to make it easy, he's in it to make you effective, then all of a sudden now when life gets hard, oh, that makes sense. God's not in my life to make it easy. He's in it to make me effective. So when life gets hard, for instance, with this situation with my girlfriend, I have prayed more in the last three days than in the last three years because I'm believing God for breakthrough. And more than that, I'm believing God to change me and help me walk through this situation with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And I believe in him for that. So it requires me to pray. When the pressure turns up, my prayer life turns up. So if God is in my life to make it easy, I can't find him when it gets hard. But if God's in my life to make me effective, now all of a sudden, when trials, struggles, and issues come, I realize that just like you have to hit and beat and and just mangle a sword in order to make it sharp and in the right shape, Life has to sometimes get hard and the heat has to sometimes turn up because what God does in our life isn't make it easy, it's make us effective. So we need to redefine God's role in our lives. At the end of the day, I think this is true. We're playing checkers, but God's playing chess. We're thinking one move ahead. God's thinking 11 moves ahead. We're thinking this is hard right now. He's thinking, I need you to be ready in 2040. So I'm making you wax on, wax off, paint the fence. God is like a divine Mr. Miyagi. He knows what he's preparing you for, and he knows how to prepare you for it. So on the other side of whatever's happening, God knows how to develop you to be the person ready to handle it. So maybe God's role in your life isn't what you thought it was. And maybe the reason you can't find him is because you're looking for him to be doing things that he doesn't do. God isn't there to make it easy. He is there to walk with you through the pain. And I'm not saying that God brings every trial we face. God doesn't bring sickness. God doesn't bring disease. God doesn't bring death. But he uses all things, even the evil things that are a result of the fall, for good. 
Romans 8, 28, for I'm convinced of this, that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So the purpose of God is being accomplished in your life. And here's what God's doing. He's not making it easy. He's making you effective. If we want to see God in everything, we got to spend time with people that see God in everything. We got to start writing our own headlines and writing the grace of God into our headlines and writing a turnaround into our headlines and writing faith into our headlines. And we got to change our definition of what God does. He's not making it easier. He's making you better. He's making you more effective for the purpose he created you for. Here's the thing. I believe this. God is in everything. And when we don't see him, it might be because we're looking in the wrong places. And I'm praying over your life, even as you listen to this episode, and as you hear this closing song, that God would begin to open your eyes and shift your perspective to see him doing what he always does, which is moving on the earth, which is reaching out to broken, hurting people, which is making his church better and more effective to reach lost people for the good of his glory. He's doing it in your life. And even if you can't see him, I ask you, will you join your faith with me to say, even if I don't see what he's doing, I'm not looking for him in my circumstances. I'm trusting in his character. And when my circumstances are unclear, his character is unchanging. He's always been good and he's still good. He's always been a redeemer and he's still a redeemer. He's always been a deliverer and he's still a deliverer. He's always been a healer. He's still a healer. He's always been the God of the turnaround. He's still the God of the turnaround. And I declare by faith over your life, whatever area you don't see God in, he will make himself known. This week, all you got to do is open your eyes.